you suffer from numbness, tingling, burning, or pain in your feet and legs? It could be caused by something as simple and common as a B1 deficiency. This is Dr. Ronald Hoppen with a solution for low B1. Zobria. Zobria is a safe, effective, and clinically proven nutritional supplement containing a high-potency bioactive form of vitamin B1, which has been shown to reverse symptoms caused by low B1 with no side effects. Low B1 causes your nerve cells to stop functioning properly, resulting in numbness, tingling, burning, and pain in the feet and legs. It may also contribute to forgetfulness, loss of mental focus, fatigue, and loss of appetite. Restoring proper B1 levels has been shown to improve the functioning of these nerve cells. You can get Zobria risk-free by going to zobria.com. That's zobria.com and get 20% off with coupon code Hoffman at checkout. This offer is only available to Intelligent Medicine listeners. That's zobria.com. Vitamin B1 perfected. Welcome to Intelligent Medicine. This is Layla Mutin here on Layla Weighs In, where every week I weigh in on topics of interest concerning nutrition, health, wellness. I take your questions. Uh, you could send your questions to radio program at AOL.com. That's radio program at AOL.com. And I want to thank you for sending me your questions, your topics of interest. This is fodder for me. I get to talk about them. I get to weigh in on all of this. And by the way, if you'd like to make an appointment, just call the office. You'll talk to Liz. The office number is 212-779-1744. Again, 212-779-1744. Pardon me, I've got a question here from Terry. Dear Layla, I drink a blend of coconut milk and almond milk. I consider it to be keto-friendly. I'm curious about some of the ingredients listed on the carton. The ingredients include locust bean gum, sunflower lecithin, gel and gum. What are these added ingredients? Do they have any value or negative qualities? Should I look for a brand which doesn't have this extra stuff? Yes, a short answer, and I'm going to take a deep dive into these particular ingredients, Terry, and everybody who's listening. Um, yeah, you want to, you can look for a brand that doesn't have this extra stuff. You may not find it because in a shelf life product like these milks, the coconut milk, almond milk, they have to add these thickening agents, these stabilizers, which is what locust bean, bean gum is. They have to add emulsifiers like sunflower lecithin and gel and gum. These are emulsifiers, and we do have to be careful. But let me first start by saying you can make your own milk. You can make your own coconut milk. You can make your own almond milk. There are loads of recipes online. Go ahead and duck, duck. Go homemade coconut milk recipe, coconut milk, make, make coconut milk at home. Uh, same with almond milk. You could do the same. You can make your own so you can avoid 
these thickening agents and emulsifiers and, and things. Now, <clears throat> locust bean gum, it is a natural food additive. It comes from the carob seeds mm -hmm. of the carob tree. You've heard of carob, C-A-R-O-B. It's similar to guar gum, and it's similar to gel and gum, and I'm going to get into gel and gum later. And locust bean gum is added to a lot of foods like cream cheese, ice cream, yogurt, and it's used primarily as a stabilizing and a thickening agent. And the, the, the pro, uh, the advantage to locust bean gum is it's, it's gluten-free, as is guar gum. But they, um, it's not very well known that locust bean gum may appear to have some health benefits, but it does have the drawbacks, and I'm going to concentrate more on the drawbacks. So let's talk about what are some of the, pro the, 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 the cons. It's shown some toxicity in pregnant animals, but this is in high doses. You have to remember, when they do uh, a research like this or an experiment like this on animals, they're often giving, you know, 500 times a dose of something than anyone would normally consume, right? Uh, so you have to take that into consideration. So the fact that it's shown some toxicity in pregnant animals at very high doses, you want to take these with a couple of grains of salt because you would never consume that much. But just the fact that, you know, if you eat a barrel of green apples, you're going to have a terrible stomach ache. <laughs> and apples are good for us. Anyway. Another con, and this is a big one, may interfere with absorption of vital nutrients like iron, calcium, and zinc. So you want to be careful of that if it's binding these very important minerals, these very important uh, micronutrients, right? Another con, especially if you have sluggish digestion, is that locust bean gum may slow gastric the gastric emptying rate may slow the rate of your stomach contents emptying into the small intestine. So it's delaying movement of food from the stomach to the small intestine. That is not desirable unless you're somebody who's trying to lose weight and eat less and feel full longer. Yeah, this will help you to feel full longer, all right, because it slows everything down. Another uh, alert to locust bean gum is can cause allergic side effects, right? So you don't know. Um, so locust bean gum, you want to, because of these potential drawbacks, now know that it's been safe for most people in normal dietary amounts, but in high amounts, it can have its problems. So you want to be careful of that. Uh, again, what is it used in? It's used in cottage cheese, yogurt, cream cheese, ice cream, sauces, salad dressings, you know, breads, gluten-free recipes. Be careful of that. Sometimes it's a pet food additive. And there are other uses. It's used in cosmetics and paper products and textiles and, and oh my goodness, shoe polish. I'm getting some of this information from Dr. Axe. That's A-X-E. He provides some beautiful information regarding some of these. Let's talk next about gel and gum. Now, I know I did a podcast, I think it was a couple of years ago, when I spoke about carrageenan 
and the dangers of carrageenan. That's a seaweed extract that's often used as an emulsifier in many foods. Well, because carrageenan does not have great effects on the microbiome and the GI tract in general, uh, because it may have some toxic effects in some people or cause inflammation, a lot of food manufacturers have switched from carrageenan to gel and gum. So it's used for texturizing and stabilizing in food preparations. It helps to form a gel-like consistency within substances. And where it's derived, it's actually a food additive that's produced through bacterial fermentation using a sugar source. So there is that. Uh, it's suitable for vegan, vegetarian recipes. It's stable for, for uh, it's, it's very heat stable. That's another, uh, that's another pro. But let me give you some of the cons. It may alter healthy levels of intestinal bacteria. Now, this was the problem first found with carrageenan. And gel and gum, the same as carrageenan, may alter healthy levels of intestinal bacteria. And it's also commonly found in foods that are at least partially processed. And I find these in a lot of non-dairy milks, this gel and gum product. It may cause digestive issues, and it's not naturally found in foods. Technically, gel and gum is a type of a polysaccharide produced by certain types of bacterial fermentation, specifically using the culture called Spingomonas elodia. Spingomonas elodia is in your coconut <laughs> and almond milk. <laughs> lily pads. Did you know lily pads naturally produce small amounts of gel and gum because they're home to this specific bacterial strain? And that gel and gum is used in different industrial and food manufacturing pra practices. So, and it's created in a lab. It's a polysaccharide. Uh, because it causes this digestive disturbance, you know, it's a polysaccharide. It could be a FODMAP, especially for people who are sensitive. You want to be careful, right? So if you have any GI issues at all, you might be best staying away from gel and gum, right? Um, it's sold under the brand names such as Gel Right. Nano Gel TC, Gel Rich, uh, Phyta Gel. So, again, uh, it's problematic. It's problematic. And the next thing that Terry is asking about, she asked about locust bean gum, which we talked about, and gel and gum just now. Sunflower lecithin. Sunflower lecithin is an emulsifier. Now, what is it? It's a fatty substance. Lecithin is a fatty substance that's found in your body, as well as a multitude of plant and animal sources. And the most common types of lecithin include soybeans, you've heard of soy lecithin, egg yolks, and sunflower lecithin. And it's also naturally found in foods like meat, seafood, and dairy products. And lecithin, including sunflower lecithin, it's an ingredient that's added to certain foods as an emulsifier and helping to stabilize the mixtures 
and keep the different parts from separating. And you know, lecithin has been actually been around for more than a hundred years and been used in the food industry as a natural emulsifier. Now, soy lecithin was the first one that appeared on the market back in the 1920s. And up until 1935, egg yolks were the leading source of lecithin, but then they were surpassed by soybeans, which is very interesting. So soy lecithin is the most common of the three types, which are of the, you know, egg, egg yolk lecithin, wow, I'm tripping over my tongue, and sunflower. Now, soy is not always the best option because so much of soy is genetically modified. And egg yolk lecithin is another common source. And much like soy lecithin, it's not usually a concern unless you're allergic to it. Now, <clears throat> sunflower lecithin, there are some health benefits. It contains some vitamins and minerals that your body needs, especially phosphorus, potassium, calcium, choline, omega-3 fatty acids, omega-6. And when taken with meals, sunflower lecithin may also aid in the absorption of several fat-soluble vitamins like vitamins A, D, E, and K. And although sunflower lecithin is not commonly used in most forms of traditional medicine, sunflower seeds are. And they're one of the best sources of lecithin. And uh, include some healthy fats. So <clears throat> when we're talking about the, the, the benefits of sunflower lecithin, it may improve digestive health. It can support skin health because sunflower also has a lot of vitamin E, right? It may reduce cholesterol levels and it's safer than the other sources of lecithin. So you're finding sunflower lecithin instead of soy lecithin or egg lecithin, sunflower lecithin may be the best emulsifier, right? So that's generally the scoop on these uh, particular um, uh, on these particular ingredients. Now, <clears throat> Terry, again, I, I would I would encourage you to look online to make your own coconut milk at home where you would use shredded unsweetened coconut. I think you blitz it up in a blender, adding some water. It might be some boiled water. You let it cool uh, overnight in the fridge. Don't follow me verbatim on this. I remember seeing it on a cooking show. I've not tried it myself because I'm not really a consumer of these milks. Generally, I don't like to consume any calories in my beverages whatsoever. So if I have a cup of tea or a cup of coffee, it's black coffee, it's tea straight up. Insignificant calories there. I'm generally drinking water. I'm drinking ginger tea. None of my, none of my beverages have calories unless I'm having it, having an occasional glass of wine or cocktail. That, of course, will have calories in it. I'm not a juice drinker. I'm not a soda drinker. I'm not any other kind of a soft drink drinker. I will indulge in seltzer. Mineral water, I like those, but generally water. I might squeeze a little lemon juice into my water if I would feel like some having some lemon water. But these milks, you know, if you're using them, if you're drinking them as a milk, you could, and if you enjoy it, it's fine. 
Look for certainly lower calorie versions, lower carb versions. And the fact that Carrie is using coconut and almond milk, these are keto type milks because if you were to opt for rice milk or oat milk, you're going to find a lot of carbs there and a lot more ingredients. I remember the last time at the grocery store, I picked up a package of oat milk. I did not like many of the ingredients there. So it's like, why bother? I understand that the more use of non-dairy for many people who are allergic or even lactose intolerant or who don't want to consume dairy. Yeah, go for these alternative milks, but don't do it at the expense of your health where you're having to take in these stabilizing agents, these thickening agents, these emulsifiers, when they may not be great for your GI tract. The, you know, you should not be doing it at the expense of your health. Try not to consume them at all. But again, if you're making your own almond milk, if you're making your own coconut milk, fantastic. Because now you've got your natural unprocessed product that you are in control of the processing. You are in control of the freshness, the amount of it you make, and so forth. What other, what other ingredients you may put in there. You may even choose to add flavor to these milks with natural, real vanilla. Please be careful. I'm not talking about your regular old vanilla extract, which may contain corn syrup, right? You don't want that. You want the real deal. And I know that real deal vanilla extract is quite expensive. But if you're doing something like that. But again, I don't want you to flavor your milks either. Because if it's going to cause craving in you, or you're liking that vanilla flavor everywhere, and especially in your coffee, and you're going after it and after it, you don't want to start a craving. You don't want, you don't want to do that. So, oh, getting back for a moment, uh, my non-caloric beverages. I will take ginger, a knob of ginger about the size of my thumb, peel it, cut it into very thin slices, and put that in about three or four cups of water, to boil. And I will simmer that for about 10 minutes. And that's, that's what I call ginger tea. It's nice and strong. I love the heat, the intensity of the heat of ginger. I'm not talking about the hot water that I just boiled, but ginger itself is delicious. Ginger is wonderful for the stomach lining to prevent ulcer. It's great for people if you take a lot of NSAIDs like aspirin, or, uh, or uh, ibuprofen, or naproxen. I'm talking about Advil and Aleve and, and aspirin. Those are the NSAIDs. Uh, that can cause ulcer, but ginger may help you to keep that at bay. So drinking cups of ginger tea during the day or in the morning, in the afternoon, it's a wonderful beverage. I don't sweeten it. I don't put anything in it. I know people do. They'll use honey. They'll use other things. I just like it straight up. I'm not looking for any of those things. I don't want the calories at all. So really I'm getting the essence of the ginger flavor in that water. And that's what, that's what my ginger tea is. And I look forward to that every day. It's wonderful. Ginger is also good for those of you who have nausea, motion sickness. If you're pregnant, you can safely drink this as well. So ginger is good for immunity. It's good for digestion. It's good for the gastric mucosa, the stomach lining. It's very healthy. It's in a lot of cuisine, uh, particularly Asian cuisine. I love ginger, and I love when I'm simmering, simmering this every morning that 
it wafts, the, the aroma just wafts throughout the kitchen and throughout the house, and it's just wonderful good morning beverage. And I know I veered away because I was talking about calories in these non-dairy milks, and I was making a point of trying not to get any calories from your beverages, especially if there's if you're concerned about a weight problem, a metabolic problem, <clears throat> or you're simply not desiring additional calories because you don't need them, right? Get it from your food. Anyhow, Terry, I want to thank you for this very, very, very thoughtful question. And I invite you all to email me with your questions or topics of interest to radioprogram at AOL.com. That's radioprogram at AOL.com. And I want to thank you for joining me on another edition of Layla Ways In here on Intelligent Medicine. Are you looking to give your immune system a boost? This is Dr. Ronald Hoppen with a natural solution from Future Farm Botanicals, liquid wild oil of oregano with rosemary extract and natural honey flavor. Future Farm's wild oil of oregano supports a variety of health benefits, including antimicrobial effects, as well as supporting the immune system. Plus, Future Farm is the first ever to formulate wild oil of oregano with rosemary. Rosemary aids circulation, helps alleviate muscle pain, improves memory, and also gives your immune system a boost. The natural honey flavor enhances the taste while still giving you all of the benefits. Future Farm sources this product from the Mediterranean and produces it in the United States. For more information and to order, call 888-841-7216, 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's future, P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Wild oil of oregano is all natural, science-based, and works without adverse side effects. MyFutureFarm.com slash Hoffman. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly, along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.